the station that lives by the motto, rock or vacate the chair. Mr. Speaker! So to speak. I want to thank... Seaville 1075 and 1260 WCHV. Or for Seaville 1075 and 1260 WCHV. Joe Thomas in the morning and joining us from uh, the representative office of Virginia's 5th Congressional District in uh, Washington, D.C. He is Congressman uh, Bob Good. Uh, Good morning, Bob. How are you doing, sir? Good morning, Joe. Doing great. Thanks for having me. Happy Friday, my friend. Uh, hang on a second. I have to edit that statement. To s- no, I'm sorry. I'm just, you know, you have been all over the news uh, this week. Uh, there was an old expression when I was growing up, as long as they spell your name right, it's not terribly bad. Uh, but it might, it's might, got to have been rough on you, your staff, your family. Uh, how are, you know, it, just as a human being, how are you guys handling uh, this week of scrutiny? Uh, doing great. Uh, thankful to be back in the 5th District this week. I uh, have tremendous support from constituents all over the district. I believe that uh, for three years I've done what the people of the 5th District graciously elected and entrusted me to do, and I think that they will resist allowing the 5th District seat to be bought by interest from California and D.C., uh, and I think that uh, they'll support me again, but certainly I'm not entitled to that support. I have to earn it uh, uh, throughout each term that they allow me to serve in congress and and to work hard to do that uh, again uh, this summer in the primary race but also uh, next fall lord willing in general race you know i was hit hit by a question in the last half hour and and i know you are a person of strong faith and and you know so you know dc itself richmond is is showing us how much just like dc junior it is um you know can be such a place with such you know, bitter you know, if, if fights. Uh, you've you've talked about you know, how President Trump's been a great president. You're the greatest in your lifetime. Uh, and I want to pick up on this because a listener asked me, "How do Christians uh, you know, support Donald Trump?" And and my point to him was is that there's an awful lot of things being said about Donald Trump that aren't the things that actually happened. They were the way the press reported it. Sort of the way uh, that video, the edited video of you has been carried on uh, network news uh, there. So it's hard to go and, and you have to really go in and and get the righteousness of what someone's saying before you say, how is somebody you know behaving uh, in this way? Uh, you know, what do you say to someone, Bob, who, who talks about keeping keeping the faith, as it were, uh, when when you when you when you're amongst all these people who are, are just really looking for the next political score? Well, I think it's critically important uh, when you go to a place like Washington to know as you go in who you are, what you are, what you stand for, what your guiding principles are, what your values are. Uh, I'm reminded of the biblical character of Daniel, uh, how when he was. Uh, for those who, who know that that Bible story, when he was uh, deported essentially from uh, Israel to uh, Babylon, uh, the, at that time the dominant world power, uh, it says he purposed in his heart that he would not sin against his God. He knew coming in and all the temptations and the trappings of sort of Ben Washington, the Babylonian kingdom, mm-hmm. uh, when he was temp- tempted to do, to do different things that would compromise his faith, he was unwilling to do that. He and his close associates, uh, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, and, you know, by the Lord's grace, I answered the call to run for Congress. Uh, Congress, one of the many things that's wrong with Washington, and I would say politics in general, if you've got prideful, ambitious, self, 
uh, driven people in the sense of in self selfish interests who want to be something or 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 to reach the next rung on the political ladder and will do or say anything to accomplish that on both sides of the aisle, sadly and unfortunately. Uh, but Tracy and I literally answered a call. We felt others came and asked us to run for Congress. Four years after I was asked to run for Board of Supervisors, you know, I was in my 50s when this journey began. And uh, we prayerfully answered that call, but we knew why we were going, what we stood for. We told the truth when when we first ran in 2020 and we ran again in 2022. And, you know, I've said it on your show before, but when you win with 52% in 2020, then the conventional wisdom is be moderate, be benign, be vanilla, be tepid, be careful. And we actually voted and worked and legislated the way that we said we would as a true, uh, courageous conservative and the people of the 5th District rewarded us with a, with a larger 57% victory in 2022. Uh, we've continued on that journey. And, again, we, we're comfortable putting it in the hands of the constituents of the 5th District who, you know, not just on the politics side. Of it, we worked very, very hard to be uh, attentive, responsive, uh, visible throughout the 5th District, uh, you know, responding to constituents, uh, casework that we've done, cases that we've resolved, just thousands that have recovered millions of dollars for people in the 5th District, irrespective of their political stripe or whether they even vote or who they vote for. You know, we're their liaison to the, to the, to the federal government, and we've gotten a tremendous amount of feedback. I have a really good team that works hard that uh, they uh, folks have said, hey, we've never seen a congressman as much around the 5th District or heard from a congressman as much or had their staff be so responsive. Uh, we're imperfect. You know, and for that matter, you're asking about uh, a candidate, whether it's presidential or congressional. We're all imperfect vessels. We're all mm-hmm. flawed individuals, obviously, in need of a savior. Um, but uh, we, when we vote for people, we're hiring them to do a job. Uh, and, yes, they're you know, their, their personality and their personal qualities and character traits and, and experiences and those things play into our decision on whom to support. Uh, but, uh, but, uh, I'm, I'm thankful and privileged again to represent the fifth district and I'm planning to represent folks a little longer in the district if they'll have me. All right, Bob, now, now to business. <laughs> and thank you for that. I appreciate that. It was so uh, well said. Um, but this, this border deal issue, uh, going on mm-hmm. and, uh, and you sort of foretold that you didn't think that this was a good deal in the first place. Uh, and it seems to be coming apart. Uh, Greg Abbott has really been, you know, a, a hero to a lot of people who are like, just do the right thing. Uh, he's kept the razor wire up even in the light of a Supreme Court ruling. Uh, he's trying to protect his citizens and, and the lives of these people who are being trafficked into coming here under whatever pretenses, um, you know, where is Washington right now? As you get a chance to refresh and get back to the 5th District, I'm sure, aside from all the news coverage you've been getting, uh, this has got to be one of the biggest stories right now. My gosh, it is the sovereignty of our nation. Citizenship needs to be important. Um, and, and the Senate can't seem to, as you said in the past, do what it is supposed to be doing and then yet blames the House for it. Yes, the border is the number one issue, and being back again in the district uh, this week, that's what I've heard over and over, the border, the border, border, all over Virginia. I've even had folks telling me, hey, if, if necessary, shut down the government in order to force Biden and force Schumer, to force the Democrats, rather, to uh, secure the border. People are recognizing the national security threat, the economic security threat, the harm to the country. Thankfully, that border deal seems to be uh, being derailed. But, but I want to speak to Texas just for a moment. While Greg Abbott in Texas is doing more than any 
one else and is trying to stand in the gap and do some things. What And, and Ken Cuccinelli just pointed this out uh, yesterday in, in something that he released in our former AG here in Virginia and also mm-hmm. acting Homeland Security Secretary, but he said, you know, Texas, what they really should be doing, if they were really serious, even Texas, he said, great on the curve, they're much better than Harrison and New Mexico, the federal government, of course, but he said they should actually be returning the people to Mexico. Texas Texas, trying to have some barriers with the razor wire and have a presence, but they're not actually physically returning the people to Mexico until that begins to happen. And, of course, the federal government would fight them on there, but that would set up the right kind of fight. And mm. speaking of the fight, that's what we have, that's what we have pushed with Speaker Johnson, I've uh, been on the phone with him this week, met with him in person about this next week, is, okay, would you say that the border fight is the fight? Hey, we separate it from the spending battle, which I did not agree with. I think we ought to use the spending battle as leverage to force the border security. But to your point of your question, Mitch McConnell and some other Senate leaders have signaled it looks like the, the, the supplemental border in exchange for Ukraine money and other sub- supplemental money is falling apart, it seems, which is good. I was never in favor of trading border security for Ukraine aid mm-hmm. or, or something else, but we ought to just secure the border because it's right to do, uh, and every supplemental must be paid for. So it looks like that's falling apart for a variety of reasons. But if it does, then if we have said in the House, as from a leadership standpoint, oh, well, the, the, the way we're going to secure the border is try to trade that for Ukraine, that's going to be the fight. Well, if, if the Ukraine deal falls apart – then how, what are we using as leverage to force the border security? So I'd like us this week to pass a border security bill again out of the House. I'd like us to attach support for Israel to that, uh, paid for. We got, and I've called mm-hmm. on the Speaker publicly and privately. Supplementals must be paid for. we got to turn the page on that, start a new era where we don't further borrow and exacerbate our debt for no matter how good the supplemental might be. You know, there's some strong support for, for for Israel, as I share, but we shouldn't be borrowing from our kids and our grandkids when we're bankrupt to do it. We can pay for it out of lots of slush funds and, and mm-hmm. IRS expansions and things like that. Uh, but, but again, if the only leverage we had was this Ukraine deal, then we must use the spending battle or something else, be willing to shut down the government to force a recalcitrant Senate and White House that has no interest in border security. Uh, our country can't afford to, uh, for us to, on our watch to allow this flow of this invasion to continue. Well, you, you mentioned last week, I think, when you were on with us, Bob, and part of the, the bait and switch here, you want to talk about, you know, saying one thing and, and sounding like you're, you're, you're getting it. And, and I know Senator Warner held a press gaggle and he's like, I, I'm glad the president is finally getting it on the border. He's not really because what he wants to fund are more people to process, not more people to protect. And, and we need to start making that, that, that point louder on, on the public sphere, don't we? Yes, you're exactly right. Uh, it would be worse than doing nothing to do a bad border deal. So House needs to stand strong. So far, Speaker Johnson has done this, that, hey, we have passed H.R. 2. That is our position. We'll accept nothing less that is actually uh, codifies into the law and even enhances the Trump policies that were working when uh, – Biden was elected, and Biden reversed and ended all those, of course, and opened the borders, the floodgates to these millions and millions, uh, some 10 million illegals who come in with his help, many of them dangerous criminal gotaways. But what would be the ultimate failure would be if we were somehow to agree to a border security deal that had faux security, false security, pretend security, 
that uh, that gave political cover to the very people who are perpetrating the invasion. The Biden administration and the Democrats, yes, Mark Warner and Tim Kaine and all the Democrats in Congress here on the House side uh, in Virginia and across the country who have been complicit in the open border policies and have fought us. Why would we want to not secure the border but pass something that sounds like border security that, that gives them political cover going to an election and does not help the American people. It's about helping the American people. It's not about politics, but how terrible it would be to help the political individuals who've caused the invasion and not help the American people with actual security. Uh, well said, uh, Bob. I appreciate it, uh, sir. So touring the district uh, this week, uh, and uh, so I, I hope to talk to you again next week, uh, but uh, we'll see you again very soon. Thank you, Joe. Great, great to be with you. Four three four nine six four one zero seven five coming up. Uh, what we like to call last licks next. You know what we learned when we turned ninety last year? The electric company's senior discount isn't for radio stations. Rates would necessarily skyrocket. Please support our sponsors here on WCHV.